right, good morning. Um, can you just turn to the person next to you and say, I'm so glad you're here today. That's right. <laughs> okay, now can you just say out loud, God has something good for me today. God has something good for me today. Okay, we speak to our soul, don't we? We speak to it. All right, I'm talking about a dynamic. Oh, hello. I spied you before. Sorry, I just called you out. Solomon, haven't seen him for a long time. Hug him as well. Okay, I'm talking about a dynamic of the church today that um, Liam's asked me to speak about, which is um, one of my favorite things, I think. Um, so the church being not a building, obviously, I'm talking about the people, and it's a dynamic of the kingdom. Um, it was summed up really well by John Wimbar, who was the founder and leader of the Vineyard Movement. Some of you are familiar with him. Um, this is what he said. He said, everyone gets to play. And I just love that. That's super fun. Let's just say it out loud. Everyone gets to play. Everyone gets to play. Yes. Um, so... It's not always been the case. Some of us grew up in um, expressions of church where it wasn't the case. There was um, maybe one person up the front who seemed to have all the, all the good stuff and we all sat there. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's had that experience. But we just hold this really dearly. I mean, Matt's already mentioned it. It's just people going out on a Thursday afternoon or just doing that, getting out there. We're playing, aren't we, in the kingdom? And so we take this from Ephesians 4.12. And it says this, it says to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And so that's really our heart in this place, I guess, is just equipping the saints because who in this building is a saint? Oh, come on, hands up real fast. We're all saints, aren't we? Um, so it just really looks like tra training ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Okay, that's what we mean by everyone gets to play. I'm going to read really quick 1 Corinthians 12, and I'm going to get you again to participate. Just as a body, though one, can you say one? one. Has many parts, but all its many parts form one. One body. So it is with Christ, but we were all baptised by... Spirit, so as to form body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we were all given the spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part of many. So here we can just see how diversity and unity sit together. Right? We heard one, 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 because we've all got the same Father, all got the Holy Spirit. We've all drink of the whole of the same spirit. But we're all completely different to each other, aren't we? Mm, love that. So he's the one. He's the one spirit who connects us. He's described as the source and as the life source that we all drink. So that one spirit is given to all of us. But his gifts are manifested in different ways in us. But we're all given his gifts and we all get to play and bring the kingdom in beautiful and unique ways. So the way I bring the kingdom to how Matt or Sarah or Matt or anyone else brings the kingdom is going to look different to each other, but good and beautiful and unique. And I just love, we get to celebrate all those different expressions, don't we? All right, so back to that Ephesians verse about equipping. How do we equip? How do we become equipped? So who was here when Liam recently mentioned the three I's? I mean, the letter I, not I's. Yeah, yeah who knows them? Yes. 
Do you, do you want to yell one out? I'm so mean to you, Helen. <laughs> I can yell them out. Okay, so intimacy, identity, and increase. All right? So those three pillars that we talk about a lot, so people who spend time in his presence, so in intimacy, people who know who they are in Christ, and we know who he is as well. We know our authority, right? Those people who know who, who they are, whose they are, they're the people who bring the kingdom joyfully wherever they go, yeah? Because then you're like, nothing's impossible for my God. I know who I am. I know he loves me. I know he's going to back me. My great, my great thing is, is love never fails. <laughs> that's great. When you go, like, pray for someone, give a prophetic word that's not, like a word of knowledge that's not correct or the healing that doesn't work, you're like, well, not, love never fails. I just know that the Lord's going to do something great with this, right? So I'm going to be talking a little bit about this, about feeling qualified or not qualified. And I'm going to tell you a few, like, weird, weird semi-fail stories just so that you feel encouraged. <laughs> All right. So we're all qualified. Um, all right. So this whole thing about, I think, just knowing who we are in him, knowing who he is, we become less concerned how qualified we are to do a task because we're becoming more enamoured with the giver, with the one. You know, it's that when we flip out of the, I'm not qualified to do this, I don't know what I'm doing, to just like, all I can see is him. He's filling up my whole vision. You know? All right, so qualified by the blood of Jesus. So we're all qualified for ministry. We're all qualified to represent Jesus on earth and to bring the kingdom. So I've heard it said like this, it's not about ability, it's about availability. Amen. Who relates to this? Yeah. Right, who's gone out on a limb before? Who's had a weird conversation with someone? Who's prayed for someone in a public place? Prayed for healing? Done all the things. Okay, good. I, I felt like you guys would be on this page. Um, so, yeah, outside of a church setting I'm talking, that's where it's like really you feel like you're flying by the seat of your pants. Yeah, right? Um, okay, other ways of bringing the king, uh, audacious generosity, anything that doesn't look like how the world does it, right? Giving a prophetic word, praying for healing, and you felt totally out of your depth. We've all done these things, I think. But you were available to be used, weren't you? Right? Availability over ability. Um, who's felt foolish? <laughs> yeah. Me. Um, again, love never fails. Right? Isn't that good? All right, really quickly, I'm going to talk about a quick definition of the kingdom of God. A lot of you are all over this, but I'm just going to go. Okay, so the kingdom of God, Jesus spoke about it a lot, didn't he? I'm just going to talk about it being the generous rule and reign of a good king. That's it. King Jesus. We just bring his generous rule and reign wherever we go. Um, the Lord's Prayer that on earth as it is in heaven is, like, is another great place to understand what it's like. If you think about what heaven's like and then we're bringing that atmosphere and those qualities wherever we go. Um, and so Jesus is the best one to look at to understand what that looks like lived out. I mean, Jesus is the best one just to look at, full stop. And then if you want to, like, kind of watch his life, um, wherever he was, people, nature, like, I was thinking, like, the natural world, like, oceans and things, um, disease, demons, they all bowed to his kingship. 
And so we just watch him through scripture just move across the earth in love and compassion. He had compassion and he had power. He had all those things. Um, and so that's how we just want to watch and go, wow, he modelled for us how to, how to bring the kingdom and how to move across. Out. We've only got this little short time on earth, don't we? Really brief. And when you think about it, like, you know, healing and deliverance, I was thinking about, you know, the two things Jesus, they went hand in hand, didn't they? Just did them all the time. Will we do them on earth? Yes. Will we do them in heaven? No. This is our one shot. Give it a red hot go. <laughs> We're just here for this short little time. Let's do these things now because this is our time to do it. Our one chance. Okay, I mentioned before the feeling of flying by the seat of my pants. That's the, that, my expression for not really knowing what I'm doing, um, which is a common theme to my Christian life <laughs> the whole way. Um, so I'm just going to tell you some stories of, of me just kind of being myself and God just being himself. Luckily, he's, he, he is who he is all the time. So the first one I want to tell you was when I was in my early 20s. Um, a group of us, my sisters and um, a bunch of us, we're all sort of 20, we're all P-plate cars, you can imagine. And we ran a youth festival called Soul Survivor. And we used to bring out guests from the UK. Um, and we used to be like, if the registrations come in, then we can pay for this. And if they don't come in, one of us will sell our car or two of us will sell our P-plate cars, which would have got nothing. But anyway, that was our backup plan. <laughs> really thought out. And um, luckily, no one had to sell their car, so that was really good. Um, we would do workshops and seminars. It was like a week-long camp. And so we did um, workshops for a bit more like meaty teaching and stuff. Oh, sorry, seminars were. Workshops were like creative. Um, you could do hip-hop dancing. You could do... You do a range of different things. So one year, one of the workshops was clowning, right? Like mime and clowning, okay? I didn't go to it. I don't know. But I'm just telling you this story so you have a visual of me um, in this moment. It was actually one of my sisters who was probably 18 at the time. Ministry time, the Holy Spirit came in the evening um, session. A whole lot of kids fell to the ground. A whole lot of stuff was happening. One of the girls um, was manifesting something that wasn't a good thing. It was yeah, not the Holy Spirit. So we'd moved her to the side and we're praying for her and we ended up doing deliverance with her. But I remember stepping back because I was watching my sister, 18-year-old, do deliverance ministry on a clown. <laughs> Someone dressed completely as a clown. And I remember looking around thinking, where are the qualified people? Who knows what they're doing here? But it's just like, you know, God just showed us what to do and he helped us. There were older people, by the way. I was just like, in that moment, I was struck with, this looks crazy. But, but again, God just was so, um, just honoured our availability. I think that's all it was in, in our early 20s and all those times, all those young people that we ministered to. Um, the other strong memory I have of that time is um, we had a, a time where kids with sore backs, we had the, there was a word of knowledge for backs, and so we had a lot of kids sit on the ground because often it's one of their legs is um, shorter than the other. So we were praying, we were commanding legs to grow. And um, teenagers who haven't had a shower for, for a week, right? Can you? <laughs> These are those moments where you're like, whoa, really regret actually asking them to take their shoes off in that moment. <laughs> But again, and we just saw miracles. And I'm like, this is what it feels like. This kind of really messy bringing the kingdom. I don't know what I'm doing. It is messy. 
that's it. Okay, that's one. That's in my twenties. In my thirties, I'm going to give away my age in a minute. In my thirties, um, interpreting dreams. So I, um, I had little kids, like kinder kids, at the time, kinder and early primary school. And one night, just for fun, I went. I thought, I'm just going to say, God, I just want a dream. Can you just talk to me in a dream tonight? Um, just because I, I wanted to ask him for that. And went to bed. Woke up the next morning. It's like, oh, nothing, didn't get a dream. Oh, well. Went to kinder, dropping off my daughter and this other mum. I'm the only Christian in this um, story, by the way. This mum runs up to me and she's like, Lisa, I had this dream about you. And starts to tell me this long, um, like a God dream. And I was like, wait, I need to write it down. And she was like, why would you write this? Why would you write this down? And I was like, I actually prayed and I asked God to speak to me. So this is all new for her. She's like, oh, like, why would you even listen to a dream? Um, And so um, in the end, so I'm like, oh, yeah, I had this. I said to God, would you speak to me in a dream? And she's like, oh, my gosh, it came to me. And I was like, yeah. So we had this great combo, um, which was just interesting and new for her. Because she's like, wow, she believes in God and God speaks in dreams. And then she'd had the dream. Um, then later that week, I was at primary school um, with my boys and um, this mum comes up to me with another mum and she's like, um, you know, Sally had a dream. I told her, you interpret dreams. <laughs> so suddenly there I am, like I've got little kids, I am you know, barely can get myself up and out of the house in the morning. And I was like, yeah, I do that. And so again, just that feeling of, of like split second terror, like I don't know what I'm doing. And then like, well, God, I just have to trust that you love them more than I, I you care for them more and you're doing something and I'll just say, yeah, I'll just join in, but you better, you better do something, you know? And so for that, just that time, I was the, this woman who interpreted dreams at primary school. So um, again, again, that familiar feeling of like, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, but luckily God is good and he does. Um, oh, the last story I was thinking of, and this is actually my husband Dave's story really, um, in that same era, in that same primary school, um, a family that we knew were going through a horrible time, we didn't know them very well, and they'd gone into the state, and Dave said to me, while they're away, let's do a backyard blitz. And I was like, all right. And um, so Dave's a landscaper, so he basically, they're away for a few weeks, but in that time he asked everyone he could think of, the, all the suppliers, can you give me this, can you give me this, can you? and they just said yes, it was like favour, um, just so much favour. Dave got everything, basically, we got paving and we, got, we did a new deck, we did a whole garden for these people who we barely knew. <laughs> so. Um, and part of this story is we'd been, we'd offered to pray about a particular thing in their life and they'd said no, because they're not Christians at all and they didn't really know us. Um, after this time, they said yes. <laughs> I'm just going to say, you know, just, just something I learned in that time was generosity is like um, a pathway for the gospel. It just like goes, it just opens the door, you know. Anyway, during that time though, we had a whole team of people from this primary school. Again, none of them are Christians. And they all just turned up just to work and just to shovel and just to plant and just to build and do all this stuff. And one of the the women, I remember her saying, this is the best thing I've ever been involved with, like ever, you know? And I was like, people want want to bring the love of God. People want to be 
They want to bring the kingdom. They love it. When they're around it, they can tell, you know, if you invite them into it. Um, so, yeah, they, those are our crazy days in our 20s and 30s. Um, yeah, so these are just my stories of feeling um, unqualified to bring the kingdom, not really ever knowing what I was doing, but just doing it anyway. <laughs> I hope that gives you... And I know you guys do all this stuff, so it's just a little reminder. Let's, let's keep doing this. We've been locked away for a couple of years. Let's just get back out into the world again. All right, so, yeah, if we feel like we have to wait till we're super amazing and have it all together, we'll never do it. So I think God honours the yes, and then he'll just grow us up in him if we just continue to yield to him, depend on him, and Abba Father with him. That's how I like to say it. Let's Abba Father with him. That's where you sit and you say, Abba, Father, and you just let him love you. Right? You just let him love you. Let him come and tell you, this is what I love about you. You know, we have to, if we want to give that away, we have to receive it first. So make sure you Abba, Father, with him. Soak in his presence, letting him tell you that he loves you. Listen to the voice of a beautiful father. If you've got that, like in you, in every cell of your being, it will just flow out. People will just want to shimmy up to you. They'll be like, oh, I can feel this thing. So make it a practice if you want to grow in love. <clears throat> All right. Um. So serving, serving's the foundation for it all. I think sometimes we just get really self-conscious that we want to do everything right and so we don't do it, we don't give something a go, like prophecy is a good one. Um, yeah, I, th I just think I've got a, I want to quickly talk about, where am I going to say this? I want to talk about it now. I want to talk about excellence and perfection, okay? So I think some of us are wired more to do everything right and you like things perfect and nice, right? That's hard if you're trying to bring that into your faith and into your like spiritual gifts. And it means that you'll never, if perfection is a thing, it's like you're not going to take a risk so much. So I just want to say I think that excellence and perfection are two different things. Excellence I want to go for in the kingdom. I think you can learn things. I think you can, like if there's someone in this room moving in healing, for example, it's just like, I want to come and sit with you. I want to ask you questions. I want to learn from you. I want to become excellent in that gift or prophecy or any of the things. If you see someone who's crazy generous, go sit with them and just learn, you know, you learn from them. That's excellence, right? But perfection is the thing that would just probably shut us down because it's like, until I can do this perfectly, I'm never going to... I just had a go with the word there it was in, it just ticks I just tick the box encouraging edifying comforting and I'm like I will give it a red hot go and sometimes it's more specific and that's a little bit uh takes a bit more risk you know but let's just do it because it's yeah. good and fun <laughs> all right oh okay so old and new testament old and new covenant which covenant are we living in let's just remind ourselves we're in the new covenant yeah let me just read um oh yeah so quickly the, the holy spirit in the old testament in the old covenant where you would see one priest doing jobs like sacrifices for things okay how is the holy spirit given in those times it's given to one person at a particular time for a particular job right now what have we got now the holy spirit is given in a different way this is good news. This should be our great joy. 
um, Acts 2.17, you'll all know this one. In the last days, God says, I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I'll pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. Okay, hands up. Who in this room is someone's son? Who in this room is someone's daughter? Keep your hands up. <laughs> um, who is old? Who is young? <laughs> Anything? Okay, who didn't raise their hand? Okay, good, good, excellent. We all got in. Are you happy about that? We all got in. We all got the Holy Spirit poured out on our lives. Okay, it's different to the Old Testament, different even to what you may have had modelled where there was one minister up the front or one priest up the front who could do the things and we all just sat there. We all get the Holy Spirit, that one spirit. We all, he's poured out on all of us, young and old, male, female, all of us. That should make us extremely happy. I know, woohoo. All right, that's good news, good, good news. Oh, and I love watching, so Jesus, our rabbi, I love watching with his disciples how he did this. So he modelled how to do this. And it was like, can you imagine, like they were unschooled, ordinary men, that's what we know about them. And they're there and he's healing someone, first time. Can you imagine what that would have been like? They would have just been like watching, right? So it's like Jesus going, hey, watch this, I'm going to show you something, right? Next time he would have been, hey, let's do this together. Then he would have gone, hey, you do it and I'll watch. Then he's like, good, you're good to go, 72, out you go. Right? And they get sent out. Right? I love that. This is what I'm kind of talking about excellence. Let's like that model of like we can learn how to do a lot of these things. And there is that moment where we're sent out. Okay, so Jesus sends out the 72 in Luke 10. And when they return, we read this, the 72 returned with joy and they said, Lord, even the demons submit, like, Lord, guess what? It worked. <laughs> That's what they're saying. The 72, um, the demons submit to us in your name. He replies, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven and I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions, overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. So I just think, um, I love how Jay Pathak writes this. He writes, um, these ordinary men and women came back amazed at what God had done through them. They couldn't believe that it worked. The sick were healed. The demons submitted when they prayed in Jesus' name. And Jesus' response to their excitement, joy, pure joy. So I bet he still feels the same way. He loves watching normal people do extraordinary things in the power of his name. This is everyone gets to play. So I just want to read um, Acts 4, and this is after Peter and John had healed a lame man and they'd been imprisoned. And the Bible describes them as being filled with the Holy Spirit. This is verse 13. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realised they were unschooled ordinary men, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. So we've seen in Acts 2, you know, the, the Holy Spirit, the tongues of fire that come, and then they get, um, it's described them being filled with a sense of wonder. But one of the most striking outworkings of the Holy Spirit in these believers is boldness and courage. So as I was writing this, I mean, this is kind of really familiar stuff for a lot of you, I feel. But I just felt like the Lord wants to minister to us in a few ways this morning. 
So these three things. The first one I just wanted to say with the tongues of fire and, and speaking in tongues, if that's someone's, if someone's never had that experience in this room and you want, you've always wanted it and it's never happened, I would just say um, today's your day <laughs> and just invite a space for that today. Um, it's available. Um, also with that, it's not the evidence of being hold with, filled with the Holy Spirit. That's how we would come at it from in this place. We would say it's, it's, one, it's just available to you. It's not the only sign. Second one, boldness and courage. If you just felt like the last two years have shaken you a bit or you just feel a little bit, I don't know. We've just been, it's a weird way to live to be locked into a house for a long time. I don't know what it does to you, but I don't know. Uh, if you just feel like you want boldness and courage back, I just want to invite any of those people to, um, if you just want to step out and not hold back. So, yeah, come forward for that as well. And the last one, what did I have? Oh, that's my phone ringing. I'm terrible. Um, um, okay. Abba Father. Oh, that's it. So Jesus just saw what he saw the Father, did what he saw the Father doing. So I talked about this a bit before. If you just feel like you want that, that touch from the Father, I felt like when I said that before, the Abba Fathering, there was at least one person who's went, oh, I don't have that and I want that. Okay. And the last one, just fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. Like if you just want like another touch of his presence today, just, just come and get it. <laughs> like we know, I mean, it's just a, a desperate, I mean, it was so interesting hearing what Matt said that he's never seen such an openness um, to the gospel at the moment. I mean, I feel like we've all had a real shaking, but it's just like people are desperate and it's quite chaotic out there. And we all know what's happening in the news. You know, that can wobble anybody, can't it? But it's like God is good and he's here and he's ready to fill us up again. Um, so that's me finishing. <laughs> um, can we have maybe just a little bit more worship or a little bit of something? And I just want to invite um, just some ministry. Um, so any of those things that I just mentioned, please just come and get some prayer. We've got a few people who'd love to pray. I think we all need it, like literally all of us. So... Um, yeah, feel free to come forward or just sit on a chair up the front. Um, yeah. yeah.